revolution from your bed welcome back guys how you doing it's been a crazy week here i'm launching my new course today and i'm so happy i had a long time ago an online course about storytelling and public speaking as part of my efforts to empower people telling the story as a mean for social change basically and i was very much involved in the tedx community and I've decided a few months ago to do a remastering of this course because I felt uh, it's outdated in terms of the technological aspects of it. And it's launching today, so you're supposed to see it in your links in the description of this podcast. You're supposed to see a discounted a coupon to my new course. It's on Udemy. And they're not sponsoring this podcast, but I'm just happy to be able to share this knowledge and all this process of editing and working and planning got me thinking that wow I really think storytelling saved my life and for years as a public speaker dealing with issues like this I always try to find the right connection between the communication aspects of my job the entrepreneurial aspects of my job my work, when I say job, I mean my work in general, not a specific job. The entrepreneurial aspects of my work and and basically the fact that I'm advocating for patients, but in general, not only talking for patients, but trying to empower everybody to just be the best version of themselves. Not to prove something to anybody, but to really feel more empowered and to reach our innate potential. And I realized that storytelling really saved my life. I wrote a chapter about it in my book a few days ago. When working on my course, I just realized that what an amazing power we have if we know how to tell our story. Of course, it can use for selling stuff and for work environment to present stuff in job interviews, dating, like knowing how to publicly speak. People think it's only reserved to like salespeople or, or ambassadors and so on. You stand on a stage and, and you talk. People don't realize that usually talking live or doing keynotes is just a byproduct of one's job or work in a field. There are very few people who are just publicly speaking because usually you need to speak about something. And I, I know I heard in some countries I've encountered those general public speakers that they have like 25 different lectures on different subjects because they're good public speakers. But then there's something less genuine maybe about it. In my idea, the fact that you can actually stand there on stage means that you have something to say to the world. And then people ask me, hey Roy, what if I don't have any story to tell? So that's why we're here today. And I want to tell you that everybody has a story to tell. And when I was in my darkest moments uh, while being sick, I realized that if I cannot tell my story right, if I can't learn to properly organize the ideas that I had about my illness, and present them to my doctors, I will be basically sentenced to death, not by a chair or by hanging, but by not getting diagnosis and getting more and more deteriorated and keep on being sick. And who knows where it would end in terms of the quality of life because it was close to none already. So this, I would call it obsession, but this passion towards public speaking started there. I always liked it. I always felt so empowered when I talked to other people because I did some youth work when I was a youth as an instructor in the Red Cross and, and in other 
organizations and in the student council in my high school. And I was one of the founders of the, the school radio in my school. And I, and I just felt that I'm very empowered when I talk to other people. And it's really a great tool for me. But when you faced with the fact that when you try to tell something to your doctor and it's completely ignoring you, and then you change a doctor and you try more than 10 different ones and it's still not working, you got to change something in the way you present. And what I had to learn is how to learn what are my strengths and how do I take knowledge, assimilate it and organize it in a way that can really help me achieve what I want. And I want to generalize it today, not to take it specifically to the technicalities maybe of how to speak publicly. You can find it in this course and there is an ebook about it and there are a lot of other great resources. I want to specifically engage the subject of everybody has a story to tell. And now during COVID, people are so obsessed with acquiring new skills and improving themselves, which is amazing. But I don't hear a lot of people trying to foster this public speaking thing because they think that, oh, there are no places to talk anymore. So I probably don't need to engage in this knowledge or acquiring of the skill of public speaking. I think now is the time to learn more about how to debate, how to speak, how to present, because we are going to live in a very different world post-corona. And it's going to take a few years probably until we can really be in major events like we used to be. And I think that because we are bound to our screens and there is like a tremendous loss of the intent or the intention when you talk via screens because people cannot really read your body language as properly as they can do on a regular basis when they're in front of you. You need to better learn not only how to be mindful and how to be well-read and all these amazing skills we're talking about, but also how to deliver your story. And when I look at people now in Zoom calls, which I do daily for my uh, different projects, it's really lost in translation. And funnily enough, some people are great speakers, but when they speak on these calls, they're very numb. And I think that it's also a kind of show. Every video call that you have professionally Every video meeting that you have that it has potential to empower you has a great power to change your life. And I think that that's why you should become kind of mini experts in presenting your ideas. So for the technicalities, you can go to the link below. What I want to emphasize is that I hear a lot of patients and people that are in transitions in their life that they really repeat these things that I kept on mentioning this episode that I don't have any story to tell. And I think that realizing, fostering your own life story and then learning how to deliver it can really change your life. I will tell you about my small case incident that I had with my doctors. When I finally found my diagnosis, it wasn't like I had diagnosis and then I knock on the doctor's door and then I have a signature and I live happily ever after. Not at all. It took me a few more months to get diagnosis confirmed because it wasn't enough that I know what I have because the doctors don't care what you think as a patient in many cases. Some of them are greatly acceptive of your input, but eventually there must be a scientific process behind it. But for me to get from point A to point Z that I have this suspicion I have POT syndrome and I present the case to the doctor and he takes it seriously enough to send me to the test I requested, that's an entirely different thing. And there's a lot about 
rhetorics and persuasion. And you need to remember, I could barely walk. It was a complete different bias there because I was extremely neglected. I had very overgrown hair and beard because I couldn't shave. I couldn't go to the hairdresser. I was wearing this jumpsuit kind of looking pajama thing because why would I change this tracksuit if I faint 10 times? You know, it was so hard for me that you sit there in front of the doctor and you look like this really person who doesn't care about himself. And in that point, they don't believe me that I'm even sick. So from there to pretend in my head that I'm this guy wearing a suit and a black tie and convincing a judge like in those legal dramas that he needs to accept my case and my evidence. It was all in my mind. There were very little I can do to change my appearance back then. And even if I try to do, the doctors are already been so overwhelmed with repeated visits by me. So it wasn't about the look. The creation of authority that I had to do in order to actually get attention was completely different. It was about the way I organized my argument. And back then, I didn't have this ABC system of public speaking I came up, I came up with later. But what I did have is the knowledge that you have a very little time of attention span of the other person, no matter if it's somebody on the crowd or on a date or on a job interview or with a doctor appointment. And in those brief moments, maybe around two minutes, I basically decided that what I'm trying to do is to talk to the person's heart. I was watching a lot of TED Talks back then, and I've decided that I, first of all, come and tell my own experience. Usually it's being ignored because I'm talking about me suffering and they didn't really care about anything but what is your main complaint. I know that I'm not a doctor. I kind of humbled myself. I know that I don't have your knowledge, but I do know that I spent every waking moment researching my illness because nobody else did. And I really think I'm on to something that I would really appreciate if you will take the time and patience to take a look at, just take a look at. And I've built this overwhelming kind of case that I've collected based on facts, because there was a very brief time the emotions could take part in this talk, and then I had to talk about facts. And all I did was to collect every piece of information about illnesses that had been already ruled out, because when, when a doctor looks at your file, he doesn't see oh, we ruled out this and this and this. It doesn't see a list. It sees a mess. It sees a lot of letters upon letters upon visits, uh, summaries, and it cannot go through all of it. And of course, those technologies are old-fashioned. And I even had a startup that tried to kind of intervene and fix and fix this issue and present it to the doctors in a different way. But back in the day, the doctors could not see that I've been in so many tests and ruled out. So what I did I used, like people use a presentation for their talk, I used a very organized kind of a brief that my dad helped me get it together because I couldn't, kind of with the importance, not chronographically and not at all based on a different subject, but just what I thought, because I knew the doctor is not going to look at all the file, what I thought is the most important pieces of information he has to see. and. Basically, what was there was really the best summary letter I could find out of a lot of really bad ones. And then in these summary letters, 
the other doctor that was kind enough to actually take the time and write a bit about what was ruled out, I could at least have the other doctor now in front of me with a general idea of what's going on with me. And then the, my most recent blood tests and then some other lab results. And also because POTS can be diagnosed basically at home using blood pressure measurements, sitting, standing, and laying down. I did a professional one. I came to the clinic and I asked the nurses to take it for me and also did a home testing. And I kind of added this report as well. So basically what I did in the term of storytelling is to, to use those two minutes to show the doctor that there is a chance I'm not that uh, crazy like they used to call me back then. So in terms of storytelling, I was basically leaning on facts, but also using a bit of drama. And I think that it's very interesting to look at it because back then I had zero training in the manner. I could not know what will work and what not. And you need to remember that most doctors completely dismissed me in the first minute of the talk because they saw how I look and they kind of heard or saw that I'm visiting a lot of doctors trying to find my illness and they completely believe that I'm seeking attention. So if I could basically convince this doctor to read this file and then tell me, okay, you're a very clever guy, let me think about it for a second. And afterwards, you know, he turned his, his head back to me and he told me, I can't believe it. Like, how did you even get there? And then he sent me to the actual test that got me diagnosed with POTS and completely changed the course of my life. Because post-diagnosis, I had much more power in terms of legal power to compel my, my doctors and other caretakers to really take care of me because I was completely neglected. So I think that the simple methods of storytelling that I built, I truly believe they saved my life. And now I'm asking you, how does telling your own story can save your life? How can you, as an exercise maybe, build a case that if you need to take a video of yourself or a recording of yourself, that in two minutes you can convince somebody else to help you with something that is extremely important to you. If you're a patient and you're undiagnosed, to get better attention from your doctors. If you're already diagnosed, to get approval for a treatment you're probably fighting for. If you're not sick, I'm so happy. Maybe convince a loved one to listen to you because there is something on your mind. Maybe to get into a new job. Maybe when you're dating again soon, hopefully, to realize that a lot of dates fail because people are not cool or not nice or so different. It's just that people are not trained in dating and they don't know how to tell their story. And we don't expect somebody in a day to take 15 minutes and tell about himself, but those two, three minutes that you know how to tell your story and present yourself can be really the difference between getting a new job, accepting you a degree, making it to the second date, getting a new client, selling something it's really critical and i had so much talks about it i taught a, a, a visiting professor a course at college about public speaking and, and storytelling and the stories were amazing it was always those those students who always were too afraid to get up and talk were the one with the most amazing stories always those ones who say i have nothing to talk about always when you dig a bit deeper you realize they have really life-changing stories they are so inspirational for other people's too and for your own life. So I'm asking you, what is your story? How can you 
tell it better. Maybe we can divide an entire episode of teaching a bit of those techniques that I've acquired that I'm using when I'm doing this podcast, my YouTube channel, my courses, my talks, my books, and so on. But what is your story? How can you use real-life data, facts, creativity, and passion into getting what you want? And really think, what's ahead of you? What do you expect? Are you going into a new, enrolling into a new degree next year? Are you looking for a new job? Are you wanting to get any promotion? Do you want to finally really make a case in a date that you don't feel that it was horrible and that you really brought yourself, even if it wasn't the case that it was a, you know, successful mating, like it's, it's not a good match maybe, but you brought yourself there, you told your story. I really want you to think about it and think how can you take the time now during COVID and not only engage in mindfulness and reading and learning and developing in all the other amazing aspects that we talked about, but also how can you learn to improve your storytelling and public speaking abilities to better perform on Zoom, to better perform in any remote communication that you're doing right now, and to better be prepared for the very awkward, probably, social interactions that we're going to, to see post-COVID. So I will leave you with this challenge of trying to explore how can you do it. There are a lot of courses online. Some of them are free. There are a lot of resources. You don't have to use mine, of course. But I really urge you to make a favor for yourself and take at least half an hour of your time and either join a course or watch something on YouTube about effective storytelling and public speaking because it saved my life and I'm sure it can at least change yours. See you on the next time.